The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily express those held by this station or its advertisers and are strictly the opinions held by those contributing to the show. Welcome to the Eric Little High School Football Podcast, your home for news, discussion, and opinions about high school football in the Mid-Ohio Valley. And now, here's your host, Eric Little. Hello and welcome, everybody. It is once again time for the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. I am the namesake. Happy to have you with us today. We're going to take a look at some impressions from last week. We'll take a look at last week's poll question. We have some praise for the mercy rule. I want to talk about why I like the mercy rule. Plus, we'll set it with this week's poll question and the games of the week in the area this week. A big night for Tyler Muller in Parkersburg High School's win against George Washington for a lot of reasons. One, he set a single-game school-rushing record in PHS's 32 to win, but two, it was a win that Parkersburg High School really needed. The Big Reds came into the game at 3-3, three and three, and they're running out of time to pick up wins as they make their push to the playoffs, and the schedule's not easy as they've got Hurricane coming this week, and they in Parkersburg South later. That is a massive clash down the stretch for the Big Reds, but Mahler with a big night, 31 carries, 311 yards, and that's 20 more than the previous record back in 2002, and it came as part of a 475-yard offensive night for the Big Reds. So Mahler impressive for Parkersburg in the win. The Big Reds impressive, but maybe what's most impressive about Parkersburg's win, even more so than Tyler Mahler, how about the defense? They allowed just 206 total yards, and we have talked about that on Countdown to Kickoff. We've talked about that on this show. The Big Reds needed to play better defense if they wanted to step up and make a push for the playoffs. Limiting a 3-3 and George Washington team to 206 total yards of offense, that's a pretty good sign that that defense is stepping up and turning around. And the reason is because George Washington came into that game needing to win every bit as much as PHS. And to put up that kind of an offensive performance and that kind of a shutdown defensive performance on that kind of night, that is a big ticket item for Parkersburg. I asked the question on Facebook over the weekend, what are some of the best things you saw from Week 7? And Christy Myers-Bram actually commented Tyler Mahler's rushing record, too. And Christy actually had a comment last week that I wanted to get into the show, but I didn't get a chance to get it in there. Last week, Christy was talking about the Wheeling Park win that PHS had as well. So, Christy, it's been a pretty good week for Parkersburg High School. Thank you so much for your feedback. Certainly invite and encourage encourage others to provide feedback through our Facebook page as well. Speaking of big efforts, how about Parkersburg South? Their winning streak hits three straight, and the Patriots roll 70 to nothing against Brook. A lot of scoring, a lot of volume in that game. The big thing about Parkersburg South right now is that they are hot in all three phases of the game. For the first time this year, they scored on special teams. Brandon Penn blocked a punt and then scooped it and scored from 28 yards out to give the Patriots a score in the first quarter. South scored on defense. Devin Gaines with a pick six. That's South's second pick six in the last three weeks, second this season. And also, that's a defense that's allowed just seven points in the last 12 quarters. That Athens loss, a real turning point because the captains met with the coaching staff and basically there was a conversation, as I'm told by head coach Mike Eddy, and the coaches asked the captain some simple questions about accountability, what they were doing and what they were doing to hold their teammates to task. And some solutions came out of that. There's increased film study, there's increased game plan study, and the results have been borne out for Parkersburg South in those three straight wins. But again, that defense has allowed seven points in the last 12 quarters. They pitched shutouts in two of the last three games, and that's a team that's scoring an average of 57 points per game. Of course, not all of that is the offense. Of course, they got two pick sixes in that special team 
team score in that stretch. But still, you're rolling up 70 points with an average of 47 points per game. Your offense has got to be doing something right, and they've got a big playability that they showed once again against Brook. We didn't see that really out of the Patriots all year last year. We saw it against John Marshall two weeks ago when South scored three touchdowns. Their three first-half touchdowns came on plays of 50 yards or greater. And they did it again with the big plays this week against Brook in the third straight win. So South Love Morgantown on Friday. Williamstown wins their sixth straight and a blowout of Tyler Consolidated. And a lot of people thought this game was going to be at least a little closer than it was coming in. But Williamstown is rolling right now. And when Williamstown is rolling, you have to be extraordinary to get in their way. 51-18, to 18, the final there in favor of Williamstown. And the Yellow Jackets, again, a team that's clicking on all cylinders. They're running the ball well with Jonathan Taylor. Carter Haynes has looked good. They've found weapons through the pass game. So Williamstown wins their sixth straight. They're a team that's just primed to make a big run. They got Warren, a team they've never played before this week at home. And then Parkersburg Catholic the week after next. More on that one later, by the way. Speaking of Catholic, Parkersburg Catholic wins their first ever true home game. They got big days out of Ty Sturm and Jeb Boyce. Sturm ran for 314 yards and three touchdowns. Boyce ran for 169 yards and three touchdowns. Lance Binniger was quoted in the paper saying it was a great day, except the fact it was 98 degrees and it was very warm on Saturday. But other than that, it was good to see that effort go well. Good to see the crowd show up and, and do good things and support that program. And it was just a cool event for that program to have that home game right behind their Fairview Avenue campus. Parkersburg Catholic will face their toughest test this week since Ritchie County when they host Notre Dame. And then next week, it's that Catholic-Williamstown matchup. Big defensive effort for Marietta and their win against Riverview. And Marietta's defense is not something that we have talked about a lot on the program over the last couple years, not just this podcast. Well, this podcast didn't exist before this year. But on Countdown to Kickoff, usually when we talk about Marietta, we talk about their offense and how prolific it can be and the points that they score and just the yards and the offensive stats that they put up. But how about the defense? They won 14-6 to against Riverview at Dondrum Stadium, and they limited Riverview to just 196 total yards. Defensive back Corey Warner comes up with a pair of blocked kicks in that game. Marietta is improved to 4-3 and on the season. And when I last talked to Jason Chobe, they had a chance at a winning season. The schedule was in their favor in a lot of ways. Teams that were traditionally up had been down a little bit in some cases. New Philadelphia, that one is going to be difficult. Dover is going to be difficult. Uh, the New Philly, I think, from what if I remember what Coach Chobe was telling me, not going to be as difficult as it has been. Dover is going to be a very, very tough game. And then Zanesville to follow. Uh, this is a team that can go 500. They win one of those three, 500, even six and four. Uh, all of those things within the realm for Marietta. That Dover game is going to be very difficult, but New Philly's winnable from what Coach Shobe told me, and so is Zanesville. So that'll be interesting to watch over the next few weeks to see if Marietta can finish off with a 5-5 five and five record or even a 6-4 and four record. That's been something the Tigers have very desperately wanted to do. And again, a big defensive effort for Marietta in that win against Riverview. Magnolia loses to Crestview, and they'll host St. Mary's this week. You feel like St. Mary's really needs to have that one probably more than Magnolia does. And Magnolia had been hot going into that loss, so we'll see how they react. Of course, St. Mary's got a win against Wirt County this week, and they racked up some offensive numbers and put some points on the board there. Listening to Scoreboard Friday, one of the things that was brought up is how St. Mary's was able to run the ball against Wirt County, and maybe they found some answers they can use against Magnolia. We'll have to see. Stay connected with us on Facebook. Like our page, the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. While you're there, answer our weekly poll question and feel free to share your comments or questions. Eric will get to those on a future edition of the show. Let's take a look at last week's poll question. It asked, which Parkersburg class AAA team has been the biggest surprise this year and why Parkersburg or Parkersburg South with 
10 votes, 70% of you said Parkersburg South, 30% of you said PHS. I tend to agree, though I thought Parkersburg might draw some votes and some people that thought they would be better. And of course, I think a lot of people thought they would be better off than 4-3 and three at this point of the season, but the Big Reds have been injured, and they're just now starting to get healthy. But how about South? They don't have the biggest numbers, and depth, I think, was a big concern about Parkersburg South this year. Full disclosure, if you don't already know, I am the radio broadcaster for Parkersburg South, so I see them every week. They had some key defections coming into the season, and I'm not going to name names. That's not what we're about here. But players that played some key roles on last year's team or were expected to step into key roles this year did not come out to play for various reasons. But South has almost rallied around that. The players have a slogan that goes, we all we got, we all we need. And the players that they have left have really banded together. Coach Eddie and that staff at Parkersburg South have preached accountability and have preached building a culture and doing the little things that it takes to win. And the team has bought into that. There's a spark around this team. There has been all season that there wasn't in the last couple of years. But as I said earlier, that Athens game was a turnaround because those captains realized exactly what came with being a captain. It's not just going out and calling a coin toss. It's leading studies with your team, whether it's film studies or game plan studies. And since they put in that additional work, they've won three straight. So I think now the Patriots have figured out how to win. They've got the confidence they need to go out and play with anybody. They've got the talent. That wasn't a question. They had talent at every position, but the big questions coming into the year was, would they have depth? And would the losses, the people that were not out, would that take away from crucial positions? And I think they've built depth over the year to where they've got some positions on the field that are areas of strength. Now at this point of the season, your freshmen have gotten a little bit of playing time and and they can add to that depth for Parkersburg South. The Patriots have been fortunate. They've stayed fairly healthy since the season started, and they've not lost critical players. Braden Mooney has stepped up and played well. He has progressed as a quarterback from junior to senior year. Nick Yoho's having a great season at running back, poised to top 1,000 yards rushing, and Mooney again. He and Yoho make up a large chunk of that Parkersburg South offense, but they're getting good contributions from guys like Dylan Day, who's caught a touchdown in each of the last two games. Brett Hearn is back after missing the first two games with an injury and has been a big factor in that offense. So South is getting it done and clicking on all cylinders. And again, they've not had a winning season since 2014 when they went 6-4. and four. They're 4-2 four and two right now to equal 6-4. and four. They've got to go 2-2 two and two down the road. And they probably only have to win one more to get into the playoffs because 5-5 five and five will likely get them in. That Ripley game is going to look good on their schedule because Ripley keeps racking up wins. They've not lost since. John Marshall is going to be a good win because the Monarchs hit a bad time and South caught them at exactly the right time. But they're not a bad football team and will go out and beat some people as well. So the points that Parkersburg South will get from their wins probably would put them in at 5-5, five and five, but still, they have much greater things and loftier goals in mind. Not out of the realm that they host a game. Not out of the realm that they win a game in the first round and move on. Got to get in first. A lot remains to be seen over the next month, but still, Parkersburg South has been a pleasant surprise this year, and they are doing some good things in Class AAA right now, and they've, they're have they in a good position, to be quite honest with you, around the middle of that playoff field. Of course, PHS has also been good when healthy. That hasn't happened really until now. They're only now getting healthy and clicking, so that is going to be a massive, massive game in Week 11 when Parkersburg High and Parkersburg South meet. It always is a big game, but more so this year. So again, that's last week's poll question. We'll set you up with this week's poll question in just a few moments. 
One interesting thing about Parkersburg South is how they have adapted to low numbers. Some teams adapt to low numbers and almost make excuses for the fact that they don't have a lot of people, and then they look to make excuses for their schedule. And not that some of those things can't explain a bad season or a sub-500 record, but I think sometimes coaches use those as excuses in front of the players, then players use that as an excuse. And every once in a while, not saying in every case, but every once in a while, accountability suffers because of that. Parkersburg South is left with a smaller raw than what they thought they'd have, speaking of the Patriots and continuing with them for just a few moments. And so the players have adapted a mantra. It's called, we all we got, we all we need. Basically saying that we know there's nobody else that's going to come along behind us, but that's okay because everything we need is right here. And head coach Mike Eddy says they play with a chip on their shoulder because of that. We all we got, we all we need. What does that mean to this team? And what has that meant to you to see that team embrace that mentality? That started way back in June practices. We had so many guys that decided for you know various reasons not to participate in football this year you know we went from expecting an 80-man roster to having a 50-man roster some of those guys were starters some of those guys were quality depth positions you know maybe at a two position there for various reasons those guys decided not to play we kind of took that a little bit personally and kind of put a little bit of a chip on our shoulder and that's kind of where the we all we got came from because this is all we've got you add into that that there's very little belief in this football team you know even Friday night after the win you know a couple of our coaches commented they were on their ride home and they're listening to the sports shows on the radio as they drive home and most commentators and or reporters in the state believe we're going to finish four and six and not even be in the playoffs. That kind of goes back to that mentality of the people in that locker room. They're the only people that really believe in what's going on here. Because of that, it really has sparked a connection with our players. It's been the best locker room I've been around in a really long time. Those guys take what they do extremely serious. It's not your typical high school locker room. Don't get me wrong, those guys enjoy their downtime. But when it's work time, they understand what that means. And uh, it has created a little bit of, well, let's just show you what we can do. And they really have embrace that you know they understand that there's only 50 guys on this football team and we had some guys that after the season started and we won a couple games we're like hey coach uh we kind of changed your mind we'd like to come play we said no thanks Mm -hmm. we got what we need and that's really where this came from those guys understand that this is what we have and and we're going to do great things with this just to kind of prove a point to ourselves if nothing else that we're a quality football team that's parkersburg south head coach mike eddie talking about we all we got we all we need that's the mentality of the parkersburg south players have adapted their roster only in the 50s this year, but they know that they're talented. They know that there's not going to be any help other than what they are looking at, and they've really done a nice job this year to increase accountability and play for each other. And I am someone, not just professionally, but personally, that I value accountability. And I like seeing when players, when organizations, when employees, when anybody, anywhere practices accountability. And to me, you could look at a number of things and take a chip on your shoulder, and Parkersburg South is playing with a chip on their shoulder right now for a few reasons. They feel like they're undervalued in the state rankings. They feel that many in the state don't believe in how good this team is compared to how good they know they are. But if they want to carry a chip on their shoulder against their fellow students as a team, those that are in their classes, those that have played for years and just didn't come out this year because they didn't think this was worth their time, that's an interesting tack to me. I've not heard that, but I also don't think it's 
not worth exploring because uh, this is a team that's certainly feeding off that momentum. They're banding together and they're getting closer because of the fact that they know there are no reinforcements and they know that everything they've got and everything they need is right in front of them. I think it's brought this team closer together and they fed on the success of we all we got, we all we need. During our broadcast of Parkersburg South Brook last weekend, our silent reporter Randy Kinsolving was talking to Mike Eddy after the game and right before that conversation, they chanted we all we got, we all we need as they broke the huddle and that seemed to be a rallying cry around this team. I think it's an interesting mentality. As I said, not everybody reacts to low numbers the same way, whether that's players, fans, coaches. Rather than make excuses for their low numbers and a schedule that wasn't the easiest coming into the season, the Patriots have dug in, they have found some new accountability, and the captains have led the way to a 3-0 record since their last loss against Athens. Speaking of Parkersburg South, something that happened in last week's Patriot game, the mercy rule was invoked in the fourth quarter. That mercy rule in West Virginia is a fairly new rule. It gets games over faster. When a team is leading by 35 points or more in the fourth quarter, the fourth quarter is played with a running clock. It stops for a couple things. Change of possession, a score, that's about it. I would imagine a very serious injury would probably stop that clock, but other than that, it runs whether you go out of bounds, whether you incomplete a pass. It just keeps running to get the game over faster. And here's what I like about this rule. It gets the game over so you have less chance of injuries. The game I watched on Friday was a 70 to nothing game. That's the kind of game where both teams at a point are just like, all right, let's just get out of here without anybody getting hurt. And you don't need that in high school sports. Depth is enough of a problem for a lot of people. That and you don't want anybody to get hurt to begin with, whether you have 10 extra guys or 100 extra guys. You don't want injuries. Because of the low numbers, you're seeing some low JV numbers as well. These low numbers mean that there's not a lot of JV action happening. So between the mercy rule getting games over quicker and the fact that you have low JV numbers and not a lot of JV games, those things might encourage coaches to empty their benches earlier and play some of those reserves. That's a depth-building time. So you might see coaches in the third quarter build that lead to 40-45 so they can comfortably play JV players late in the third into the fourth quarter. So it gives you incentive to continue to score and to put points on the board to build that lead so you can get those players onto the field a little sooner and build that depth. But again, anything that's for player safety, fewer injuries, getting these blowout games over quicker because the outcome's decided. No one wants to stay around any longer than they have to. Let's just get the game in and move on. I'm all for all of that. So again, that mercy rule is working terrifically in West Virginia. Time now to look at the games of the week in the area. St. Mary's and Magnolia in a game that's going to be really big for Magnolia and huge for St. Mary's. Magnolia has lost a few, so they need to rack up wins coming off of a loss to Crestview last week. But St. Mary's really needs to have this one if they want to get some momentum going into the final few games of the season. So a big game there. We'll have that on Light Rock 93R. Parkersburg South and Morgantown is a big one because Morgantown's a 3-4, and four, but they played a very tough schedule and some very tough opponents early in the season. They're going to be mad after a loss last week like the three and four, and they probably have to win two of their last three to get in and they may have to sweep all three of them, and they're going to be ready to do that against the Parkersburg South team that's won three straight, and they are surging in confidence and in ability and scoring, so that's a red-hot Parkersburg South team that Morgantown doesn't want to have to face, but you know, if you're South, you really don't want to have to face Morgantown right now either. PHS Hurricane is another big one because PHS at 4-3, and three, again, looking to build up some wins as they head into that showdown with Parkersburg South. Games of the week on our stations, Light Rock 93R, as I said, has St. Mary's and Magnolia. WXCR has Tyler Consolidated on the road at Tulsa this week. A huge trip. A long trip for Tyler Consolidated. And then, of course, V96.9 has South and Morgantown. 
this week's poll, and it's an interesting one, and I think we've kind of teased it throughout. If you've not caught on to what I'm going to ask about, it's going to make some sense to you now. Which upcoming Wood County game are you most looking forward to and why? Williamstown, Parkersburg Catholic, or PHS South. They're going to be extremely fortunate in the next few weeks because Williamstown, Parkersburg Catholic is next week in week 9, and then week 11 is PHS and Parkersburg South. Some big, big games to close the season. But again, which upcoming Wood County game are you most looking forward to and why? Williamstown, Parkersburg Catholic, or PHS South? You can find that question on our Facebook page. If you haven't, like us at the Eric Little High School Football Podcast on Facebook. Answer our questions. You can leave feedback and interact, and uh, if you've got reasoning to why that you do or don't like something, I would be glad to hear it. I would be glad to discuss it on the show, and we can maybe in some way compare thoughts and look at what each other is thinking and have a discourse because, you know, who doesn't love discourse in sports? That's what sports are about. You know, we ask you to comment on that and vote on the poll as well. It's as simple as a click. It's the Eric Little High School Football Podcast on Facebook. Don't forget to download us on iTunes and find us on SoundCloud. New shows drop every Wednesday, and maybe depending on how ambitious I am being that week, as early as Tuesday as well. So that'll do it for us. Hard to believe this is episode 11 in the books already this week on the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. The playoffs are coming soon, coming around the corner as the weather is going to get cooler into this weekend. So bear with us. This is the time of the year that we love to see, and we're looking forward to a big October that leads into a November to remember. Again, thank you for listening to the podcast. I am the namesake Eric Little. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. This has been the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and vote in our weekly poll. Come back next week for another new episode and thanks for listening.